Hey, 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 it's your girl, Jenny Steele. Yay, back in the building. Um, Shouts out to everyone. Um, I'm going to be doing some updates, but I'm going to wait for those. Introducing Rosalind. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Now, I'm going to introduce you properly. So, Rosalind Adjicum from King's Kidney Care, a lead nurse for clinical practice and a senior lecturer practitioner. Wow, and you are here today to talk to us about kidney disease. I'm so grateful to have you here. I know it's taken a little bit, hasn't it? Uh, You're a busy woman. (laughs) (laughs) But I am so, so grateful. Um, As you know, we have spoken about kidney donation in the past. We have spoken about, um, we've spoken to Della um, Idowu about being more than a match. Um, her book, her journey to be a donor for her brother. Um, we've spoken a little bit about, you know, my family and my brother's journey yes. um, that he's on at the moment. So I think it's opened up that whole conversation for us as a community to speak about what is kidney disease. Yes. So I really value you being here today with your expertise. I am pleased to be here. Thank well. you so much. Thank you. Now, what is kidney disease? <sighs> So kidney disease is the gradual loss of kidney function. It is the gradual loss of kidney function. And majority of us do not even know about the kidneys. Some people have asked me, Rosalind, you are fascinated about kidney disease or kidney health, but what exactly does the kidney do? Mm. Why should I worry about the kidneys? And then I say to people, you woke up this morning and you've gone to have a pee. Yeah. That is enough to say that your kidneys are working. Okay. Whatever we eat, yes, whilst the heart is pumping, the heart also sends blood to the kidneys. Right. So every food that we have eaten, though it goes into our stomach, Yeah for it to be broken down, the kidney is responsible for making sure that the body takes what it needs and the rest that the body does not need, the kidney is responsible for getting rid of it. Wow, imagine a lot of us think, you know, we eat something and it goes to our stomach and then it just gets, you know, churned out around the body. Yeah. Wow. And when we pee, in that pee, is the rest of the waste that we do not need. Okay. So whatever we see in the pee, we may not see everything that is in there. Yeah. All we see is just the water and the color. Yeah. But So when we're tested for illnesses and things like that, that's why we have to do the what, sample. Yes. Right. Because a simple urine gives a lot of clue yeah. as to how healthy that person is. And even when we have an infection... And the urine, the urine, just the urine is enough to tell us a lot that is happening. Wow. So that in a nutshell is kidney disease. Now, it is a gradual process. Yeah. It takes a long time for somebody to even realize that they have kidney disease. Wow. It runs in five stages. And stage one, nobody feels anything. You wouldn't even know that there is anything wrong with you. 
And because kidney disease runs that way, majority of people are walking around with kidney disease and they do not know. If we talk about what the normal kidney function is, we like giving it a number. And the number we give it is above 90. Okay. Most of the time, people don't know that they have any problem at all until it is about 15, 10, thereabout, wow. before people start feeling ill. Yeah. Kidney problems are most of the time picked up when people have gone to their GPs for something completely different. Wow, really? Yeah. And personally, I have also had a, a journey with kidney disease when my sister, the one I am directly after, was diagnosed with kidney disease. Okay. And unfortunately, she didn't make it and she's not with us. But that is part of where my passion is coming from. Okay. To raise awareness within our community. Yeah. So that people become more aware of how to keep their kidney health. Most definitely. And I feel like even, even now we've barely said, and you've barely said anything, um, as in getting into, you know, more depth of it. But I feel like that's been a big part of it. Yeah. A lot of us don't know what our kidneys do, yeah. their position in the body. Um, you know, there's this, um, can we live without one? Yes. Um, which, which has been spoken about. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, are we strong enough to do that? Mm -hmm. Why do we have to? You know, things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you just letting us know how vital the kidneys are in our body is just a, a wow. Like, you know, the human body is just such an amazing... It's just an amazing... It's just an amazing tool for so yeah. many things. I've said that the human body is the most sophisticated yeah. and complicated computer yeah. I ever came across. Yeah. Because... It works so intuitively with the whole body that a lot of processes occur without us knowing that yeah. they are occurring. And sometimes majority of us, we take that for granted yeah. because we wake up in the morning and everything is okay. Yeah. But sometimes what appears to be physically okay may not be okay inside. Definitely. And it is important <clears throat> that we pay a little attention to how we feel and really take care of ourselves. Definitely. Now, in your experience, do you think there is there any myths around kidney disease? Because, you know, within our community, we know, you know, I've, we've had ACLT here and we've spoken about organ donation mm -hmm. and um, the community's views on that and why, where it comes from, yeah. you know, within our community, it's almost like giving body parts is not a thing. Yes. Um, not realizing like how hard it is for us yes. to find a donor one um it, it can be years yes. right so what what are some of the myths around kidney disease this is really interesting but partly because of our cultural upbringing majority of black people black african and afro-caribbean we believe that if somebody has kidney disease, it means you've been cursed by a god. You have offended a god yeah. or you've been bewitched by somebody or your parents have done something wrong and you are being punished for yeah. it. Yeah. Or possibly you are a Christian and you have not prayed enough, so God is punishing you. Now, all those myths, or some people say, oh, it's because I've eaten something. All those myths are actually not here or there. Kidney disease is a biological thing. Yeah. Just as I have an eye, 
that helps me to see, see. Yeah. I have a kidney that makes sure that everything that I eat is actually well processed. processed. And yeah. the ones that I do not need, the body gets rid of it. So some people have likened the kidneys to a washing machine. And I say it is more sophisticated than that. that yeah. I put my dirty clothing in the washing machine and it comes out clean. However, the kidneys does more than that. Yeah. Just does more than cleaning the blood and making sure that the waste that we do not need comes out in our pee, in our urine. And that's and a ma- like that if you think need- about what the body has to go through yeah. to enable for that to happen. You know, the function. It is phenomenal. Yeah. I say to people, I wouldn't be talking without the kidneys because it helps to regulate the fluid that I am drinking. Yeah. So I need to have fluid enough for me to be able to talk. I wouldn't be walking because of my kidneys because it helps to make sure that I have correct vitamin D to give me strong bones and teeth. I wouldn't be able to have energy because the kidneys make sure that I have good blood to walk around. Food that I eat may contain certain things. I wouldn't be healthy if not for my kidneys, making sure that all these chemicals are well balanced in my body. Yeah. The kidneys also helps to control a lot of hormones and within our body. So the kidneys does things. Vital, right? Things. Vital. It works together with the heart to make sure that my blood pressure is okay. Yeah. It works together with the pancreas to make sure that my blood sugar is okay. So sometimes we don't think about it that way. And then we may we may just think that, oh, it's because somebody has done something to me. That is why my kidney function has gone down. But actually, that is not it. So it isn't about myth. It is important that we see the kidney as any part of our body. Just as I see my hand, I see my arm, I see my ears, the kidneys is that vital. Wow. I, you know, I mean, I've, I, I always do my bits of research and stuff. And as I said, because of my brother and my family, we've, we all do our own research and share it back. Mm. But today I'm learning that, you know, our kidneys are so vital. vital. Like it is vital that we look after after them Um, and, and look after our body in the process, because obviously everything we put into our body comes through that process. Yes. Wow. Now, I know that you have a, a focus on um, the kidney unit and the renal. What, why, what, is, what is renal? So, we call kidney different names. Yes. So, you may hear some people say renal is the same as kidneys. Yeah. And there are times that people are referred to hospitals. And then in their letter, they are told they are going to see a nephrologist. Okay. It's the same as kidneys. Okay. So kidney, renal, nephrologist, it all means the same thing. And I like that question because sometimes as healthcare professionals, we use certain words to confuse people. I know, because <laughs> I'm sitting here now confused because you're like, it means kidney and this one means kidney. kidney yeah. And so, I'm like, it makes sense. But I just thought, because I'm going to say that you're a trained renal nurse, yeah. anyone who's listening, um, the breakdown of that, because as you said, sometimes it's referred to as the renal unit. Yeah. Sometimes it's the kidney, kidney unit. unit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fantastic. Thank you for breaking that down. I need to ask that question no, more often. Really <laughs> Now, what is your key focus um, as a renal nurse? Hmm. This has been my passion. Yeah. But it is also the area that challenges me most and the area that 
keeps me awake and full of energy in the morning. It is actually reaching out into the community and making sure that people are aware of their kidney health. Now, you notice I didn't say kidney disease. Yes. But I say kidney health. health. Yes. It is important that we emphasize that because we have a certain perception towards disease. So when I go into the community, the emphasis I focus on is on kidney health. It's making people aware that they have a kidney in their body that is actually keeping them going and that they need to watch over that kidney yeah. and protect it like they protect their savings. Yes. Because your kidneys would take you that far. And if we do not take good care of our kidneys, the consequences are not pleasant, not for anybody. Yeah. None of the kidney disease treatment we offer is a cure. Right. And when I say that, people ask me, Roslyn, how about transplant? And I said, transplant is not a cure. Yeah. Because you can have that transplant and it might fail. Yeah. And you will need another transplant. Yes. So the emphasis is maintain, keep your kidney health going. Yes. That yes. is the emphasis. So that is where my focus has been, number one. And number two, reducing the number of people coming into that kidney unit. Yeah. I see majority of our patients here at Keynes as me. Yes. Black, young people. Majority of black people who develop poor kidney health are black people. We are 10 years younger when we develop poor kidney health. And I would say this again. Oh, we wow. are 10 years younger when we develop poor kidney health in comparison to the white. Okay. Why is that? There is a lot that we need to do to actually keep our own selves healthy. We know that high blood pressure is common among black people. Yeah. And there is a lot of research going on to understand why we are at increased risk of high blood pressure. And majority of the patients or people that I see in Keynes, the reason why their kidneys are not working is because of high blood pressure. So these are the two main things I am much passionate about, going into the community and raising more awareness of kidney health, but also making sure that we reduce the number of people needing dialysis. And if they do, I would rather prefer they do not start dialysis, but actually work towards having transplantation. Yeah. Because yeah. it is actually much more better than going on dialysis because i was going to say to you i suppose there's this whole conversation around dialysis and waiting for a transplant yeah. you know we've spoken before this six to ten year yes. wait which is such a long time you know i uh, just to update people who are listening in regards to my brother he is well yeah. um you know he was in hospital for months he's now just going back to work part-time he's quite a fighter yeah um you know between him and his wife as i've said in the past you know the most healthiest people they go for walks they you know they're plant-based they have all of this and i just think the fight in him to to lose some of the medication weight as yeah. well mm -hmm. um and just that push to make sure that he looks after himself yeah. Um, and continues to do that. And I suppose the same for myself as mm -hmm. I um, await more tests to become, see if I can become 
a donor or his donor might not be his donor it might be to another family and then you know but yeah yeah, it might be a pairing system that I have to go into so for me I need to make sure that I'm healthy and that I'm looking after myself Um, and we just don't talk about kidney health enough we honestly this is the biggest conversation I've ever had outside of my family um and my brother going through what he's going... This is the biggest conversation I've ever had about kidneys, what they do, how much we need them and yeah. how much we need to look after them. They are so, so vital. And I think it is it is also our perception of what a disease, if I should say, looks yeah. like. Because for us as people of colour, we think a disease is when you are crawling or you are broken down yeah. completely yeah. and you need somebody to look after you. But a disease is not like that. And when I say to people that I have high blood pressure, and then somebody say, Roslyn, what size are you? And then I say to them, why did you ask me that question? Simply yeah. because I told you I have high blood pressure. Because as if it's not, a weight yes, issue. Yes, yeah. as if I have to be big, I yeah. have to be really overweight. Or, and I said, no, it runs in families. Yeah. And everybody in my family has high blood pressure. Yeah. So I knew that my risk of developing that was high. And during my last pregnancy, I developed what a, a lot of people know as pregnancy-induced hypertension. Okay. So then Is that, that the just swelling? Tipped, yes. So then that just tipped my risk extremely high. Yeah. So I knew that, that even though I could look after myself, I yeah. knew my risk was high. So I was a size 14. And by the time I had gone to the hospital one day to check my blood pressure, I realized 160, what I'm thinking. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't work in the kidney unit and talk to patients about controlling their blood pressure and have a high blood pressure. You need to really look after yourself. So I started with weight loss. And although I have dropped three dresses down, the blood pressure still didn't go away. So I had to start medication because I need to look after myself and look after my kidneys. Yeah. Do you think that that's, that's something for us in our community, but also I suppose in the world as a whole is that we don't talk about generational illness or things that run through our family until someone is unwell yes and even if someone is unwell jenny we tend to hush hush that yeah we do not want to talk about it it's like our perception of somebody being unwell is that you've done something bad yeah but it isn't about that it is not about that at all a lot of things have happened in our um, when growing up yeah and some of them we do not know yeah our parents have also had issues that they did not know know about yeah and grand our grandparents yeah. who are not here my you own, know to let us know no, things yeah. that happen yeah my own mother was diagnosed with um diabetes when she was in her 70s and then she said this is not possible then i said ma now looking back you have had diabetes all along. You, yeah. She said, what do you mean? I said, I remember as a child, you told me that the doctor said you shouldn't eat sugar. The doctor said you shouldn't eat salt. Yeah. That yeah. was when you had diabetes. She said, how come they didn't say that to me? So I said, don't say that you had it now. So it's something that has been in the family. But I mean, thank God that my mother is open to talking about um, her own personal health challenges. Yeah. But this is not something that is really frequent in our culture. And we need to talk about it. Yeah. The more we talk about it, the more we'll be open and accepting. We definitely do. And I've heard it so many times in interviews. You know, we've had Errol McKellar 
in here talking about, you know, his diagnosis of prostate cancer and when he had spoken to his dad and his dad said that he'd had it himself a few years before and he just couldn't believe that that was just, you know, it just came out like that and then the conversation was going to continue because it's almost like by the time he came to having his diagnosis, he's thinking, I'm the first, let me make sure that I tell everyone. And actually, again something that's been running through the family we really do need to make a point of having more conversations about our health well-being genetically um because it's important because you know we're we're missing out on vital knowledge that could actually help us down the line definitely definitely wow we must do better yeah we must do better I say to people, so people have asked me, Rosna, are you saying that our culture is bad? And I said, no, I wouldn't say that our culture is bad because certain parts of our culture is excellent. Yeah. But certain parts of our culture is outdated. It is outdated, and we definitely. Need to do away with that and look at what is currently prevailing, especially when it comes to health. Yeah. And really do look after ourselves well. Anytime I speak with the younger group, I say to them, I said, listen, you are our future. Yeah. We want you to have knowledge. Knowledge to ensure that you do not encounter what we are encountering. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. I totally agree with you. I think when I'm working with young people, it's the same thing. Like, how can we make them be better? How can we make them do better? You know, some of us are just now learning that we need to rest. Yeah. Self-care is important. Mm-hmm. Make sure, you know, depending on what job you do, that you're looking after yourself. If we knew this 20 years yeah. ago plus we might actually be a little bit more ahead. Um, So I think you're right. I think we do definitely to make sure that, you know, our younger people are in tune with this conversation. I think they also have challenges that we didn't have. Definitely. So I look on the high street and my heart breaks. And the reason why my heart breaks is that when you look on our high street, what do you find? Is a lot of food joints. Yeah, the takeaways. And yeah. our current generation would rather prefer eating out. And people said, Rosdy, is it wrong to eat out? And I said, no. That is the frequency of it. Yes. If it becomes an everyday thing, that is when it becomes a problem. Yes. I said, learn to cook and eat homemade food yeah. and protect your heart. So when I said that, I said, your heart? And I said, yes. Majority of food cooked on a high street is high in salt yeah high in fat these things affect the heart and because the heart works together with the kidneys anything that affects the heart would ultimately affect the kidneys wow it's so true you know like i mean i know here like i i wanted to ask you anyway about um what can we do um what foods can we think about cutting down on, you know, just to make sure that we are from this day forward making those decisions and choices? And, and what you're saying is so true. Like there's times when I walk along the high street and everywhere's full, you know, and you're just, as you've just said, like thinking about like, yes, it's nice to eat out, but the more we do that, the more we eat takeaway, the more we do all of those things. We're not the ones who are doing the cooking, one. We're not the ones who are doing the seasoning or whatever it is that we appreciate. Um, And that's quite a thing that we need to start thinking about. Yeah. I think it was just for me doing a little investigation into food joint. Yeah. 
majority of us, when we cook at home, we throw the oils away. Yes, after and cooking. So after after cooking, yes. we throw the oils away. And most of these shops, they don't throw the oils away. They reuse the oil. If anyone could see my face now, I'm like, yes. ah, the you're oils. so right. Now, <laughs> one of the things I learned from a friend who works in, I don't want to mention any food joint name, is they said, Roslyn, the oil sometimes is colored. And we have a particular tablet that we put in the oil to change the color my so that goodness. we can continue using that. And we do sometimes reuse the same oil for a week. Now, that in itself is a big problem. Definitely. Oils and heart do not go together. If you can think of your own sink, when you pour oil down your sink, it clogs your sink. That is how I want us to think about eating oily food in our heart. And I would always go on about it because the heart works together with the kidneys. When we block the heart, we are actually yeah. blocking the amount of blood that goes to the kidneys. And in the long term, the kidneys are going to struggle because of that. So I've talked about oils. And sometimes people ask me, which oil is best and which one is not? I, would have, I was just about to say, okay, now we're talking about food oils. Which one is better for you? But bearing with what you've just said... It doesn't sound like... it. Does it make a big difference? Well, we say that some plant-based oils are much better than the others. But yeah. it isn't just about the plant-based oil. It's the amount of oils that you're that using to cook. Because yes. there is too much frying. Yes. And if we can simply go back to grilling. Yes. It, it goes a long way. So... I've gone to the, I, I, I'm lazy and I don't want to prepare chips myself. So I've gone to um, a supermarket and I've bond, I bought their frozen chips. Yeah. But that chips is already coated. Yeah, in with, the oil. With some hot yeah. herbs and spices and with oil. I come back home, I'm not coming to fry it. What I do, I put it in the um, grill. Yes. And then I make sure I soak it. I take it out and then I have tissue paper. Yeah, I do And that. I pour it on the yeah. tissue. And you would see the oil yeah, that I do comes that out as well. of it. So it's, it's gradually cutting down first on the amount of oils, yeah. but also choosing healthy oils. So some people say grapeseed oil or rapeseed oil is much better than the ordinary vegetable oil yeah. because the vegetable oils are really thick. thick. But yeah. it is the amount of oils. Yeah. Air fryer. Invest in that and just cut out the oils because it would protect the heart and in the long term protect the kidneys. Yeah. So we do talk a lot about oils and then people ask me, oh, Roslyn, what about butter? You say that I shouldn't have butter mm-hmm. on my toast or margarine on my toast. And I said, it isn't about not having that. It's the frequency. Yeah. Because if once in a while you're having that, but it is if every day you're having butter on toast, you are... That yeah, is it where it, it just builds yeah. up. So first, it is reducing our fats and oils. My number one tip top, the one that a lot of Africans we struggle with, <laughs> salt. Yes. We please have trained, talk. Please talk about salt. We have trained our tongues to like salt. Our parents trained us with tasty spicy yummy food yes now there is nothing wrong with having such foods but it is the amount of salt i see people cooking with seasoning um maggi cube or pepper seasoning ajinomoto ajikama all this jack seasoning now 
those seasoning already have salt in them then we add additional salt so we have fish or chicken we have already marinated them sprinkle salt on them then we take their seasoning that is additional salt we put it then we add salt and majority of people do not just use one they may put two or three that is way too much salt what i would like to emphasize on salt is that if we think up about salt as a sponge i want people to think about salt as a sponge salt holds water and the more water it holds in the body, the harder the heart has to work to pump this water around. So taking in a lot of salt puts so much pressure on the heart that in the long term then puts pressure on the kidneys. So go fresh. This is Dele and I. We say <laughs> hold the salt, go fresh. Use seasoning. And sometimes people say, Roslyn, when you do it, it is not tasty. And I said, chicken i buy the chicken marinated overnight or sometimes i leave it in the fridge for a day and then i pop it in the grill yeah no steaming no frying just to grill it and it tastes so nice but it is gradually reducing the salt content in our food that is our number two step the next thing i want to talk about is the food we are eating. So majority of our plate is filled with carbohydrate. <laughs> so way back when we were in Africa, when we were in Jamaica, regardless of whichever black country we come from, we were more physical. A lot of us walked a lot. Yes. We also sweated to burn the energy. Yes. But here, we do not walk a lot. And because we are not working a lot, we are not actually burning this energy. So we don't need so much carbohydrate because carbohydrates are what we call fuel foods. They are energy foods. Yes. So if we are not doing anything requesting or needing energy, we don't need to eat too much of that. Okay. So our plate, if we look at typically our plate, actually it should just be one third carbohydrate the bulk of it has to be fruit and veg. Yes. And the rest protein. Right. But when you look into an African plate, you see the complete opposite. Yeah. As you're, as you're speaking, I'm actually picturing and I'm just thinking, wow. None of us eat food thinking about having the balance. We yeah. just put, you know, you no. could have potatoes, rice, all on one plate or no. rice and noodles all on. And I'm just thinking, as you're speaking, I'm actually feeling horrified because I'm thinking, no, this is terrible. So it's having that balance yeah. is really important. And majority of Africans say, but Rosalind, we're not brought up with fruit and veg. And I said, that is so untrue. Our parents did. It was just that it they was tried. different, different yeah. veg. And I said <laughs> most true. of the time it was either it was period or it was ground or it was something. But it's just having that balance. It's true. And when it comes to food, this is even the most shocking bit: portion control. <laughs> I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh. I have to laugh. And I know you know why I'm laughing because we just have no control when we are so, helping ourselves. Portion to control. I had this patient with me and then he was 30 kilos above his weight. And he said, Rosna, I have tried everything. Nothing seems to work. And mm -hmm. then I said, okay, there is only one trick I want you to take home today. And then she said, 
anything. And I said, make a fist. So he did. And then I said, you see this fist? He said, yes. I said, that is about the portion of your carbohydrate. The man just opened no. his mouth. <laughs> I'm actually clenching my fist now. Yeah. And I'm thinking, no, my fist needs to be bigger. Yeah. <laughs> the man just opened his mouth. And for about two minutes, he had his mouth open. And then he said, you mean this? And I said, yes. How does that fill my stomach? And I said, this is where the veg comes in. Yes. Because the veg is complex. It takes a longer time to break down. It fills you up quicker. And it takes you a longer time for us to feel hungry when we eat veg. Because carbohydrate, starchy foods, they are so simple. They break down easily. Yeah. And then you feel hungry immediately again. So fill that. And the man just sat down. <laughs> and he said, I never thought about that. And I said, yeah, going home, I don't want you to set any big unrealistic objectives or goals that you would not be able to achieve. Yeah. Just any time you have your plate, think about what is on my plate? What am I eating for? What am I eating for? Put your mind to it. And then portion control. And then I said, and when you are eating... Eat slowly. Take your time and chew the food. And it's, oh, anytime I do that, I can't complete the food on my plate. And that's the whole <laughs> psychology of trying to live. Because the longer it takes you to the brain things, I am full now. I am full now because we've yeah. taken a longer time. Yes. So it's about making sure that I am eating for my health, having the right balance, having the right portion control, but taking time when we are eating. I said, no mobile phones, no television, no movies, just you and the food. And take that time to enjoy that food. Because when you're on the phone or when you're watching telly, you don't actually know how much you're eating. True. So it's about being <clears throat> conscious of the amount of food we are eating and taking time to actually eat that food. It's so true. I'm just sitting here. I'm like, why didn't no one tell me this? Why didn't, why have we not talked about this before? Why? Because you're right. A lot of us will sit in front of the TV and just be eating or, you know, the phone, I've done it myself. The phone will be on speaker. You're in the middle of your food, but you're still answering your phone. Um, and there's so much things, but I do, as you were speaking, I was thinking um, about my grandsons and when they are eating breakfast or dinner and how nice it is when we are just sitting down at the table yeah other than them being able to sit anywhere they want yeah. to eat something, it makes such a difference. A difference yeah. um, and obviously when you're talking about, you know, where you're eating and how you're eating and how full you might feel or think you are. Um, so, wow. I would like to address particularly women. We cook and we tend to eat when we are cooking. Very bad. I do that. And, and then when one the, of the food's served, yeah, we don't eat it. One of the it. things I say is that don't eat. Finally, I was brought up by my auntie. And she told me something that now that I think, now that I'm an adult and I think about it, I understood the psychology. So what she said to me is that when you're eating, don't taste the food. And then I thought, why? She said, because you taste the food with your tongue. And then there are chances that saliva will get into the food and spoil the food. And I take it like that. There is a little bit of biology in that, which is true. But actually, the whole psychology is don't fill your tummy. Yes. Because it is so easy to start tucking in as you are, as you are cooking. And because we are having some activity ongoing and cooking, 
the brain doesn't function that way. So the brain doesn't think, hang on, you are eating because the brain is thinking you're cooking. So you don't really feel that you've eaten. Yeah. And when you finish cooking, you now say, well, where is my plate? Yeah. You're not going to eat. So it's about being conscious of what we are doing at that time yeah. and not just tucking in into the food. That is really key. So we've talked about fats. We've talked about um, um, carbohydrates, starting making sure we have balanced portion control and eating slowly. The final thing is about exercise. Now, when I say exercise, people think, Rosna, I don't have time. And I said, I don't have time too. Mm-hmm. But what I have incorporated into daily routine is how to make exercise work for me. So I don't have time to go to the gym. I wouldn't have that time. Like me, I just walk a lot. So <laughs> I tend to walk. Between my house and the train station is three bus stops. I'm going to walk to the train station. I'm so happy to hear you say yeah. that because I am the person that will walk distances. But again, going to the gym is just not, yeah. yeah. And there are days that I cannot physically do that, especially on the days that I'm working from home. Yeah. And people ask me, so you said you have set a target for yourself to do brisk walk every 30, 30 minutes a day. How do you achieve that on the days that you're working from home? And then I said, right, do you like music? And then they said, yes. Well, get your music on and start dancing. Yes. Said, dancing? With who? With I love me. that, actually. It's not even something that I would even think, think I, about. I said, with me. And then I said, dancing. I said, yeah. I would get bored and I said, all right, retune your mind. But then also, my little boy came home from one school one day and then said, Mommy, we were taught to run on the spot. And I thought, ah, why didn't I think about that? So those are the little things I have incorporated into my daily routine to actually get myself physically active. When I'm doing ironing, I have a stepper in front of the ironing yes. board. Yes. And I'm stepping as I'm ironing because we just need to be creative yes. about increasing physical activity. I don't use Hoover unless I have to use Hoover. I still go for the broom. Yes. Because I don't want anything to rob me of the little little physical activity Ex- yes. I can do just to keep myself healthy in front of the sink. If I've done a lot of cooking and I'm going to wash for a longer time, do the dishes, well, I take my stepper, I put it in front of the sink and I'm stepping on it. So Such a good it's idea. About, it's about us being creative about how we maintain physical Rosalind, activities. I love home. those ideas because I know that people listening now will be like, it's like a light bulb for me. And I'm just like, you're so right. Sometimes we see things that are so far, but it's just about being creative. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot more we could be doing. And really, mm-hmm. after listening to this show today, people should be thinking, what can I change yeah. today? Um, and, and how can we, you know, be teaching our children or the young people in our families to start making those changes as yeah. early as possible? Definitely. Wow. Definitely. That's why you do what you do. That is why I am passionate about what yes. I do. Yes. And I feel that from you. Yeah. I feel that from you. You are coming with the ideas. I'm not sure about the fist one yet. I'm going to have to battle with that one. (laughs) (laughs) But you are coming with the creative ideas that we 
as a community don't think are possible no because possible. We, we are we are very scared of change yeah. and even when i speak to people and say you know i stopped eating meat and things like that and, oh how could you we've been raised on it but as you said it's a mental thing yeah, yeah we've been raised on it so we can't change it but little things every day mm. will make a difference Definitely. and that's something that we need to start thinking about no one's saying change all of those things no overnight you're going to be fantastic by the end of this week little little steps because i had a colleague i was speaking with and she's she's about 10 kilos above her weight and i said to her, i said what are you going to do about your weight and then she said roslyn i need to lose weight and then i said yeah thank you for the positive talk now i need to hear the can do talk yeah and then she said um i'm aiming to lose one kilo every month. And I said, so unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> I said, so unrealistic. And if you cannot make that work, then you say that weight loss doesn't work for you. But actually, that is not it. Then she said, oh, is that too low? And I said, no, one kilo a month is too high. Hi. I said, what you should set yourself is actually 200 to 500 grams every month. Yep. Yep. She looked at me. I said, because when you cannot achieve it, you would ask yourself, that is so low. Why couldn't I achieve it? Yeah. So set realistic goals such that you can achieve it so that you can pat yourself in the back and say, yes, I did it. And once you achieve a little step, it keeps motivating and pushing you to pursue that. Fantastic. I absolutely love that. I just love the motivation from you, the creativity, like this is why you do what you do. And we have been really blessed to have you. Um, and I know it's not, it's definitely not going to be the last time no. because you have brought so much knowledge, keys, motivation, um, motivation, not just for me, but for everyone who's listening. And I'm just so, I'm, I'm actually excited for people um, who have been given this information today yeah. so so much in there like you are just oh but there's one one thing I wanted to talk about and one mm. thing that we talk about whenever we talk about health mm. we get into the conversation about um, the males within our families yes. and I know that Della spoke about visiting a renal unit and seeing a lot of black males yes. and a lot of them talking about their families mm -hmm. not knowing yes and i suppose this is men men in yes. general mm -hmm. their families not knowing that they are on dialysis, dialysis yes. and I, I i don't even know how to ask this as a question mm -hmm. but what you know there's so much focus at the moment around men in yes. our community yeah. um and you know the struggling and we know that you know the suicide rate is high for males what can we do to encourage them to know that it's okay um, to have health issues and health challenges? I think speaking with African men, black men, requires a certain um, creativity. Yeah. So when I go into the community, one of the things I do is to make men realize how much we value them. Yes. So the first thing I say to them is that our men daddies brothers uncles we know you really love us and you want to look after us and when you wake up in the morning your first priority is to put food on the table but do you know what we want that to change 
your first priority, we want you to put your health on the table so that you can continue to put food on the table. Your health has to come first. For you to continue looking after us, you need to put your health first. So please, let us also take care of you by talk to us. It doesn't make you weak because our culture teaches us that when you talk about ill health, it means you are weak. But the person who talks about their challenges is the stronger person. And we also want you to know that you are not in this alone. We are your partners. Let us share this burden together and let us together take care of this family. And most of the time when I have done that in the community, I would have all the men <laughs> doing their test. And it is so refreshing that we have to know how to communicate with people within our community so that they understand the importance. And it's true, our men are our heroes. But the way we've been brought up is that when a man's responsibility is looking after his family, there is no health without responsibility. What happens when your health crumbles? You wouldn't be able to put food on the table anymore. And then that would rather affect your mental health. So you know what? Let's reverse the role. Put your health on the table so that every day you can put food on the table for us. And that is the I, message I always give to our I men. Absolutely. Like I, all I can say is I felt really emotional when you were saying that. Because it's something that keeps coming up. Um, when we have these types of conversations on the show, it's something that comes up if I'm having any form of um, conversations outside of the show. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that I just, I feel really, really passionate about men understanding this because I think it's it's harder on a family that doesn't know that someone is unwell. Yeah. And then, you know, the taking of a turn mm -hmm. And then now we've all got to deal with it right now in that moment yeah. when it's been coming for a little while or yeah. it's been a challenge for a little yeah. while. So yeah. I hope that if there's something that people take, there's so much to take from today. But that is something that we need to get out there yeah. because it actually saddens me to know that there are men within our families that are unwell, that are, you know, on dialysis. Dialysis is not just a simple matter you know i mean we we we've got a bit of time and i think maybe we should talk about that pri that the process of dialysis because it's not something small that you can just do dialysis and go home and and just leave your normal evening no so if we think about the fact that as we sit here our heart is beating and each time the heart beats blood enters the kidney in a day, the kidney receives about 180 liters of blood. Wow. But the amazing thing is that this 180 liters, 99% is reabsorbed. We only pass out the 1% as urine. Wow. So if we think about it in that way, Dialysis only gives patients 10% of what a normal kidney does. Wow. Because we do not put people on dialysis for 24 hours a day. No. The maximum we give them is five, six hours a day. 
there is 24 hours, hours in, in a day. day. Yeah. And we give them six hours. And it's not six hours every day. It is six hours every other day. Wow. So it means that then they have to restrict themselves to how much fluid or water they can drink. They need to take a lot of medications. They need to dialyze on certain days at certain times. We need to look for an artery in a vein, a blood vessel where we stick the needle, or we have to put in a catheter, they could get an infection. Yeah. Even to stick that needle in their hand is painful for yeah. a lot of people. So dialysis in itself is not an easy undertaking. No. And also if we think that we are trying to achieve what the body achieves in 36 hours, in six hours, that is it's a just, huge yeah. asking. Definitely. So majority of people finish dialysis and they feel completely drained. Yeah, yeah. They feel tired. They go home and all they can think of is sleep. Sleep, yeah, yeah. For some people, it becomes an emotional drain. Yeah. Especially for people who are self-employed. Yeah. Because they cannot go to work. Yeah. And they are thinking about meeting their family needs yes that becomes a psychological battle so we know that for people who are uh, on dialysis suicide rate is very high depression and anxiety is very high yeah because the treatment in itself is so tasking yeah definitely and then now we ask them well, you have to now limit how much you're eating. When you go shopping, you need to look at what you're buying because you have to make sure that you're not buying foods that has high salt in them. You have to know which foods do not have high potassium in them. You have to know which foods do not have high phosphate. And it's a lot for the patient to take in. Definitely. I speak with my colleagues and I say to them, when a patient comes in for their treatment and they are upset, or they are angry, please don't take it that it is directed towards yeah, you. Yeah. It is part of the disease process. And sometimes people are angry about this whole reversal role. Of course. Of them needing care or them being dependent on a machine. Yeah. It is so, so challenging. It's a lot, a you know, as you're talking, it's a lot to for someone to take in so you know for someone to take that in and to not let Three their family know week, yeah so so you can imagine so i would also speak to wives sisters aunties you may have a brother or a relative come home and they are angry about something it is possible that they may be on a certain treatment or yeah. they're undergoing a disease process yeah. that they haven't told you of so instead of being upset with them or angry with them take that time show them some love and find out what are their personal battles so that together we can help them face the uncertainty because it is so frightening to go through something that nobody knows and it is just you it is very very frightening it, it really is and as i said i actually felt myself getting really emotional because yeah. it's that's a lot um, and, you know, as my family's been opened up to this, I know the process and I couldn't imagine my brother not telling us yeah. um, because I know how much he's been through. I know how much as a family, I know how much, you know, he's, his wife has been through. So I just couldn't imagine. So I, it did make me feel quite emotional, but it's something that I wanted to bring up yeah. um, because, as I said, it keeps coming up whenever we speak, you know, Errol McKellar. Yeah. 
Um, Della's spoken about it as well. Um, you know, ACLT, they've spoken about it as well. And it's something that we just really need to find a way of being more supportive, having more conversations yeah. and being open because those processes is a lot for someone to go through and then to come home like your life is normal. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's, that's massive. And now you telling us literally the breakdown mm. of what dialysis does to what the body actually needs yeah. is a lot. Yeah. That's actually a lot. Wow. Rosalind, you are absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. You are passionate. You know your stuff. And I feel so valued to have had this time with you. Um, and I, I'm just going to say this for people that are listening, like, please, you know, you're going to be able to play this back on Wednesday, please share it with your family and friends because I feel like this is one of the most deepest conversations we've had about our body yeah. and us as a community. And I'm really, really grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Where can anyone find you or is there any like websites you want to give out as in support? Yes. So the project that I am running, you would be laughing now. My project is called Hidden CKD. Wow. The reason I have called it Hidden, although the Hidden has a real... So the Hidden is it's Health Inequality. So the Hidden is Health Inequality, Identifying the Timely Need for Early Diagnosis. Wow. That is the Hidden. But I like the fact that we call it hidden because our kidneys are hidden. Yes, definitely. Chronic, chronic kidney disease is hidden. <laughs> so that is why I like that. So if people are looking for me, if they go to hiddenckd.co.uk, they can find um, our website. They can also do um, a free kidney health check on that website wow, amazing. as well. And then they can also contact us. So if we are on Twitter. We are also on Facebook, and then we are also on um, Instagram. So they can find us there. And I am passionate. Like I said, I go into communities, mosques. We've been to two mosques so far to do kidney health screening there. So we are committed to raising kidney health awareness among our, our ethnic minority group, yes. Fantastic. And we value you. It is valuable uh, work, valuable conversations. And, you know, as you said, that free kidney health check, um, it's important for us to also know what's out there. Because yeah. I feel like the more shows that I do, the more awareness that I bring is that the information can be overwhelming. You yeah. know, if you go online and you look at kidney health or kidney disease, you're just going to be bombarded. Um, so I really value having people here like yourself that can just give us a direct um, conversation, uh, the facts, yeah. and then a direct place where we can go to find everything that we need. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Wow, it has been an absolute amazing show. I still feel quite emotional. Um, but you know what? I just feel like, wow. Honestly, just wow. There's been so much in there. There's going to be some websites that I put out after um, so that you can get in contact uh, with Hidden CKD. Um, we have not finished 
I think bringing awareness to this. I think there's so much more, but there's been so much of an insight. So amazing. Thank you to everyone who has been locked in. Uh, Shouts out to Reach London Radio. Shouts out to the one they call Richie at Groove School. Shouts out to Winston Good and the team down at Juvenis. And I want to also just do a big, big thank you. Um, I have been nominated for National Diversity Award uh, for Positive Role Model. Um, I want to say thank you to the family that have nominated me. What an amazing um, testimonial they have sent. But also just from the community itself, like the messages. I wasn't planning uh, to put it out um, over the last week, but something happened. It went online. It just went a bit crazy. And I was like, (laughs) right, I'm going to have to deal with this. (laughs) So I just want to take this time to say thank you. If you have voted, I can see um, all of your messages. Um, It must be like a personal thing on the login for the website. But absolutely blown away by people's messages the empowerment the uplift that you guys um have given to me thank you so much um we will keep those votes going through um and just a special thing to some of the families um and the young people that i work with it's bigger than me um and it is so i'm so grateful to have the light shine on that piece of work that we do around early intervention and prevention it's so key so thank you so much uh to everyone uh you can catch us back right here next week um you can find a link to the vote at official jenny steel on instagram you can follow at reach ldn radio on instagram you can follow at juvenis at groove school all on instagram and twitter um you can find those on at steel underscore got underscore it um that's it from us rosalyn thank you so much is there anyone you want to shout out to or i want to shout out to della della thank you so much you've been such a phenomenal friend and sister and godsend thank you so much and della is absolutely amazing um as you know we have a legacy podcast series called more than a match and it is everything you need to know about kidneys kidney disease kidney um, organ donation absolutely beautiful Della has been so key to all of these key conversations that we are having um, and you can find Della at gold um, gift of living donation on Instagram and the website thank you so so much to everyone have a blessed rest of the day don't forget playback on Wednesday we are out. Thank you. You're locked into the Steel Got It talk show with Jimmy Steel on Reach on London, London Radio. 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 Radio.